Welcome back to Fuse. Um, we are going to be continuing our uh, talk uh, where Jesus is teaching us how to pray. So um, one of the things that I last, asked last week, which who, just real quick, was not here last week, because I, I think that I've got some catching up to do. Not here last week. Okay, cool. So um, what we talked about is there's this moment in the Gospels that's very clearly stated out. The disciples are there with Jesus, and there's this kind of the beginning of their time with him. And they're like, well, you just teach us how to pray. And so he's in the middle of this sermon, and they kind of take this little moment to talk about prayer, and it's just very direct and very clear. And so we're going to just take our cues from that, and we're going to keep it very simple. If you've ever been in church before, and you're like, man, I heard the pastor preach for like 20, 30, 40 minutes, and like I'm really confused, this is probably not going to be one of those moments, because he does just kind of lay it right out for us. Um, this is not going to be on the screen, but I'll just kind of show you. We were in... Um, verses, what was it, uh, like five through eight last week. And, and he kept saying over and over and over again that the mistake that people make when they pray is that they want to be heard by people. They want to impress people with their long, uh, fancy prayers where they use big Christian words from the Bible and that everyone thinks they're special. And what Jesus says is, if you do that, then your reward is not that God is going to hear your prayers and answer your prayers and reward you. It's just that people are going to think you're like awesome, which is not actually a great reward. When you think about it, like it doesn't last. There's nothing special about that. So what we're looking at then is that Jesus is going to start off with this pray then in this way. And that's all we're going to talk about um, tonight. Now, I want to tell you a little bit of a story, though, because one of the questions that I asked last week, and we got like a lot of different responses, was, um, you know, like, what was prayer like as far as when you were a kid um, versus when you were in middle school? And then some of your high schoolers actually chimed in and said, yeah, like, as a middle schooler, I felt like this, but I've even grown in my relationship with God. And so prayers kind of kind of deepened. We, we heard some people talk about how um, we were like taught to pray. We knew that it was important that we could share our prayer requests before God and that God would answer those. Um, and then a lot of you said like, well, my parents or my teachers or my pastors or whatever have kind of made me pray, um, but that's also helped me to learn. And so all those things are good. When I was your age, in fact, I was a little bit older than you, um, I had a conversation with my youth pastor, his name's Danny, and I remember he asked me to do something big and bold. Um, it was the summer after my senior year, which I had big plans for the summer after my senior year because I was getting ready to go to college. It was my last chance to hang out with friends. I was going to college like eight hours away in another state, and so um, I had a lot of big plans. And uh, his challenge to me, I want you to check this out. <clears throat> he said every single day of the week, um, well, the week, you know, Monday through Friday, we're going to take Sunday, Saturday and Sunday off. We're all going to gather here at 6 in the morning. I think it was 6 or it was either 7. And, uh, and we're, there's a group of guys here, and we're just going to pray. And we want you to come. And I was like, sounds so fun. I don't wake up early. I don't like praying. I don't know the men you're talking about. What in the world are you inviting me to? Have you ever been invited to something? You're like, 
I think I have to go, but I have no desire to go. You ever felt that? That's how I felt in that moment. Um, it's kind of like when your parents say, hey, we're going to have kind of a get-together at the house, and it's going to be all my business friends, and we want you to be a part of it. And you're like, hey, can I have my phone? And they're like, no, 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 you can't have your phone. It's just going to be a real serious dinner for like three hours, and it's just going to, and you're like, I can't wait. I felt like that. And so um, how many of you are like um, early risers, just like, naturally early risers. That's, that's actually a lot of you, right? I expect you to be one. You're an adult. But the teenagers, who, who's like, during the summer, I want you to sleep in as, I want to sleep in as much as possible. Yeah, that's what I expected. And that's how I felt. That is how I felt. So on the count of three, I want you to just yell, like the hour at which you go to bed in the summer, on average. One, two, three. Yeah. So, okay. Okay. Me too. Right? Me too. And so here's what's interesting. Um, I went. I'm going to tell you why I went. And this is actually really important for you to hear. Um, I had a really good relationship with my youth pastor. I, I like to think that one of the reasons I try to have a good relationship with you is because I had someone to look up to and uh, help me through some hard times. And so what I knew was that if my youth pastor was asking me to do this, that it really meant something. He wasn't asking everyone to do it. There was only about like five or six guys. It was me and my best friend, Clint, and there was a group of like kind of the youth leaders that did this together. And so this was, um, if you've ever been to our Loop campus, the church, it wasn't that big, but the worship center looked like that. And what we did is we went up into the balcony and we would share prayer requests. Um, There was no one in there, but just us like six guys or whatever. Um, And then we would pray and we would all pray in a row. And these guys are all waking up early. They've already got their coffee breath, right? Because they've been up for four hours already because they're just old men, right? And, and I'm like wiping the sleep out of my eyes, and I'm like just trying to figure this out. And when it came time for me to pray, I just remember being so like, oh, okay, uh, 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 Lord, uh, just give us a good day. Uh, thank you for not killing me yes, yesterday. Um, I'm alive, and that's good. So, um, yeah, uh, just pray that the day goes well. And you know, those kind of prayers, right? When you don't know how to pray, and you're just kind of giving it your best shot. Now, I want to say this out loud. What we learned last week is that Jesus' really only warning about prayer is to make sure that you watch who you're paying attention to, and what your intentions are. So if your intention in prayer is to be noticed and to be like, use all these fancy words. So if my intention was to be like, oh, Heavenly Father, but like I didn't have like a real like care about God. I was just trying to impress those guys. That's the warning that Jesus was giving us. I want to tell you something before we start anything tonight. God just wants you to pray. God doesn't need you to be fancy with your prayer. And I got to tell you, God is smart, and God knows that you're a teenager, and God knows that you don't know how to pray yet. I think sometimes we're just up there like, we're praying, or so we're trying, you know. I don't know if any of you have ever been pressured to pray at the dinner table, and you feel like it's not going well or whatever, and you're just like, oh, God must be so mad at me. It's like, you kind of have this, and, and in no way do we have any evidence that when a, a teenager prays, 
just to the best of his or her heart, right? To the best of their intentions, that God is mad with you. I don't know why we think. Now, I think maybe we're embarrassed because other people, maybe we think like other people are judging our prayers. Does anyone think that? Like, yeah, I don't have any problem with me and God. I just don't want any other humans to hear me pray. Anyone on that train? Okay, a couple of us, yeah. There's, there's reasons that we stumble. And I think maybe the thing is, is that we don't exactly like know how. We don't know where to start. We don't know how to end. It's different. It's kind of like if I asked any one of you to walk up here and pray in front of this whole group, maybe you'd be nervous. Maybe you wouldn't. If I asked any one of you to come up here and give a speech for like five to seven minutes, some of you would be like, I would rather die. I'd rather put a rusty nail through my eyeball than come up here and give a speech, right? Some of you... So you're extra, who's like, no, let me give a speech right now. I'm not going to let you, but, okay, interesting, okay, interesting. I'll keep that in the back of my mind. So when I was praying with this group of people, this is just my story. I was 18 years old, and I was learning about prayer for the first time. And I want you to catch this, okay, so all eyes on me. I know that we're tempted to be distracted. Um, I was taught by a group of men how to pray, and had it not been for those men, I don't know where I would be today, right? In my prayer life, I mean. Like, I would probably be a Christian, but I don't know that it would have ever been modeled for me because it was just a group of guys that said, you know what? We've got these two guys that are about to go off to college. Let's kind of take them under our wing for the summer. And so now, did I wake up every morning? No, there's plenty of mornings I like hit the snooze button like 37 times. My wife knows something a little bit about that. I set like 17 alarms. It's uh, anyone on that? Who can wake up with one alarm? I am so jealous. I can't. I can't do it. I don't know what's wrong with me. I need 17 alarms to wake up. So yeah, sometimes I slept in. But here's what's interesting. Every time I went, I was thankful I did. Every time I went, I was thankful I did. And every time I left, like when I would leave, I would always feel like, man, I feel like I started my day off the right way. Every time. And so this isn't some sort of like, make sure you do your prayer in the morning or whatever. This, you're gonna, I want you to experiment on your own. But I want you to understand, if this is like, I'm a rookie level prayer, like you're probably in good company. And, and I want this to be a place where we can learn together how to do that. So we're going to uh, pick up the story in Matthew chapter 6. Uh, and we're just going to go through like five verses tonight. Um, and so it, they're going to be on the screen. Um, Jesus very simply says, pray then like this. And there's going to be these, these five particular sections. Um, and he's going to say this first. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. First of all, sound familiar to anyone? We've like... Almost all heard this. Even people who don't go to church have heard the Lord's Prayer. Um, and so, so we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit about that. But pray then like this. Our Father in heaven. Here's what I think is funny. Technically, doctrinally, we pray to God the Father. I know sometimes we do this like, Jesus, I just ask you, and that's okay. And I don't think God's like, you're talking to me, not Jesus. I'm not listening. That doesn't sound like God to me. But here's how Jesus says to pray. We start off, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Now that word hallowed, right, that is different. I guarantee you didn't use that word this week. Um, that word hallowed, anyone know what it means? Anybody? Interesting. 
So this is why we teach the Bible, because this is no knock on you. It's just like, why would we know how to pray if we don't even know the beginning of what Jesus is telling us? So this word is kind of another word for holy, set apart, pure, sinless, perfect, right? He is, he is not like us. So we were created in God's image. That's about as close as we get, right? He is so other than us. And so that's what Jesus is saying. You know what I think of when I think about this? When Jesus says, start your prayers this way, this is, this is what I'm thinking. Remember who you're talking to. Remember who you're talking to. Remember how big he is, how strong he is, how much he knows you and loves you, right? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. He's set apart. He's holy, right? He knows more than you. Right? He's got a plan and all of that. And so all of a sudden, when I use those few words at the beginning of a prayer, my blood pressure starts to come down just a little bit. Like when you're nervous praying, when you're crisis praying, when you're rage praying, and you're just like, our father, you know, and you're just like, I don't know what you're, if you're gripping like a steering wheel or if you're slamming a locker door or if you're just like screaming into a pillow in your bedroom because you're so mad. And then you, you start off with like, hallowed be your name. It's interesting that Jesus didn't say, right, get right to the requests. Get right to asking God for stuff. Get right, man, he wants to know what you want. Like, and there's a place for that. Understand, I'm not going to shame you for asking God for prayer requests. You've been taught for years in church through LBS and through kids ministry. God wants to hear your prayers. He absolutely does. Let's not start there. Let's start addressing our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Verse 10 is going to continue. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Okay, so again, you've heard this prayer over and over and over again. How funny is it, by the way, that one of the first instructions that Jesus gives us on pray them this way, right? Don't, don't be like the hypocrites because they like to be heard for their many words. Um, you know, one of the other instructions from last week was don't heap up empty phrases. Do you remember that? Don't heap up empty phrases. We, we want you to really like mean what you're praying. So if you're just like repeating this prayer, which by the way, the most repeated prayer on the planet of the earth. Are you catching this with me? Like put your big brain hat on right now. People are repeating this prayer from all sorts of different faith backgrounds and, and, and might even think it means something. But if your heart's not in it, that is the definition, are you with me, of heaping up empty phrases, right? If you're just like, or maybe you do the thing, I don't know, if anyone has like the, the before dinner prayer where you're like, thank you, God, thank you, God, and there's like a rhythm to it, and do you kind of stop paying attention to what you're saying, right, when you do it? Because you're like, I really just want to eat. Can we just get the prayer done so we can eat, right? Some of you have that, right? That's heaping up empty phrases. And I think that's one of the warnings that Jesus is giving us. Is like, whoa, 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 like, let's not just repeat these. There's nothing special about these words if you say them with emptiness. Remember that gift that I wrapped up last week and it was just completely empty? Someone gives you that gift and you're like, thank you? It's a box? There's nothing in it? You know? So, I don't want you to be tempted to hear these words and be like, okay, I've heard the Lord's Prayer before, right? So, our Father, and we're talking about how holy he is. And then we say, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, I understand that I've got an idea 
about how I want my day to work. But I want your idea to win out over mine. I know I've got an idea on who I want to marry, what kind of job I want, how much money I want to make, right? What kind of team I want to be on, what kind of college I want to go to. I've got ideas for all those things. But you know what? I want your idea to win out. I want you to slow down and listen to the words I just said. Are you willing to ask God for his idea about your life to win out over your idea? Are you willing to ask God before it comes down to serious? Okay, high schoolers, let me talk to you about college. I talked to Gary. Where's Gary Parker? He got accepted. Is Gary in here? I just can't see. I'm blind. He's in the back. You're all the way in the back. Okay. Oh, big time high schooler. All the way in the back. Okay. There's plenty of seats up here with uh, the minions. Okay. Just letting you know. Okay. Congratulations to Gary because he got his acceptance letter to U of H. So congratulations. Okay. Go Cougs. Go Cougs. So it's awesome. Now here's, here's, and I've been telling Gary this and all the other high schoolers for the last few years, right? You've got big decisions to make. Are you willing, right, to have a private moment? Just like Jesus is saying, go to your room, shut the door, and pray to your father who's in secret. Are you willing to go to him and be like, what college do you want me to go to? Can I tell you something that's nuts? I didn't plan to tell this story. I feel like Christy knows exactly where I'm going. I was a kid without ambition in high school. No ambition. No ambition. Um, I didn't, I like, I wasn't great at sports, um, in fact, I didn't get it. I didn't get on the baseball team that I wanted to play on, and I was super, super disappointed. I thought I was going to play baseball for my high school and didn't get to. Ended up getting a job. My first job was at Wendy's. I still love Wendy's, by the way. And then, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, Wendy's. You guys don't do that for Jesus, but you do it for a junior bacon cheeseburger. Are you kidding me? Okay, so hold on. Shh. You should not be applauding. Okay. Uh, it's not going well. It's not going well, guys. Okay. So, I'm a kid without ambition. I really don't know what I want to do with my life. Right? My favorite class was art. I loved art. I don't know if you're with me, but, like, if your favorite class in art is art, I mean, honestly, I love it. But, like, there's not a ton of great careers for guys who like to, like, draw their favorite athlete, right? Like that's, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. So check it out. When it comes to like college decisions, what are you going to major in? And all my friends have these, all these like perfect answers. And I'm like, uh, so I don't, I'm, uh, I don't, I don't. And I didn't have an answer. And I was a kid without ambition. I really didn't know what I wanted to do. And so I had this uh, suggestion, again, from my youth pastor. He said, why don't you just pray about your college decision? And then he actually introduced me to a college that I had never heard of called Liberty University, which is where I ended up going. But it's only because I was kind of in this, like, question mark season, this wilderness of, like, I don't know. So I got acceptance letters to three state schools where my friends were going. And then he said, I promise you, just go check out Liberty University. And I was like, so here's what I know about Christ uh, Liberty University. It's Christian. Uh, they have a curfew. Uh, you're not allowed to watch rated R movies. Why would I want to go spend my college years there? He goes, I promise you, just go check it out. And so me and my dad went to check it out, and I, I, I prayed, the whole, not the whole way there, but I prayed through that whole process. 
And I really felt like God was giving me a direction. And I, I just got to, I just got to tell you when I st- set foot on that campus and when I spent some time thinking and praying about it, I felt like God said, you need to go here. This is your place. And I had, I had no real clear reason why. I had no real reason why. And so I was like, I don't know. It seems like I know all my friends are going to state schools, but it feels like this is the place for me. And so I started asking questions. We went. I went with my best friend, Clint. He and I both ended up going, right? And had I not followed the Lord's leading there, I would have never met Christy, right? I would have never had our kids. And I probably, this is just my guess, I don't know that I would have, because it, it was the things that happened at Liberty that led to my call in ministry that is like one of the things that is why I'm standing here in front of you right now. Now, God, could God have God got a hold of me? I think of Jonah, you know, right? Like Jonah runs from God, and then a, I don't know if, if a whale was going to swallow me and spit me out on Liberty University's campus. Um, say, nope, I told you, you're supposed to go here. Uh, I don't know if that's how it works or whatever. Can y'all chill back, by the way, in the back, this over here, back left? Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, but I just got to tell you, I think what happened was there was a group of men that were teaching me how to pray. And through that, like growing my relationship with the Lord, I was able to spend some time in prayer and there were big decisions made. What I'm asking you is, are you willing to pray this prayer? Your kingdom come wherever you want, right? I'm so glad I went to Liberty now that I did. I'm so glad. Like, it was, I had the best experience possible, met my wife, like, had a call to ministry, met some of my best friends that I still talk to today. And I was just, it just was a your kingdom come, your will be done. It's not my call. Are you willing to be brave enough to, to pray that kind of prayer? He goes on. Give us this day our daily bread. Uh, verse 11. Give us this day our daily bread. Again, you're kind of having to like, I've heard this prayer before. Give us this day our daily bread. Imagine if your uh, supplies for the day were only given to you like one day at a time, right? Imagine if your fridge wasn't stocked, your pantry wasn't stocked. Imagine if, right, someone like said, all you've got is this one outfit and this is your only, this is your only shot for today. We're going to wash you a new, one new outfit for tomorrow. Imagine if your daily bread. This verse actually reminds me of how Jesus, uh, when he was fasting and he was tempted in the wilderness, you remember what it said? Is he's, or what he said was, uh, man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word right, that comes from the mouth of God. And so I'm thinking about this. Like, Do I view this as like more valuable than food? Right? Give us this day our daily bread. And so, but, but also, of course, like, yeah, this is God. This is us asking God to provide for us. It's okay for you to ask God to provide for you. Some of you are asking God to provide, um, um, pr- uh, like, reconciliation with friends. Maybe some of you are asking for help with school. Maybe some of you are like, I got issues in my home right now that, that are not comfortable. And God hears that prayer and wants to answer that prayer. He's just saying very simply, like, give us this day our daily bread. Verse 12, the next portion, very simple. And forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. This is uh, verse 12. In fact, uh, verse 14 and 15 talk a lot more about the debts. It's not going to be on the screen. But it essentially says Jesus, like, he gets done teaching on prayer. And then he kind of has this little reminder at the bottom. He says, hey, don't forget, if you don't forgive your debtors, then I don't know that I can forgive you. It's like, 
This is like one of those, um, you know, when, what, was, what was the uh, greatest commandment? What did Jesus say was the greatest commandment was? Nope. Keep going. Okay, love, Anne? And love your neighbor as yourself, right? Love, so the, the greatest commandment's actually two. And it's, in, in essence, what Jesus was saying is, if you want to show me that you love me, right? Anyone can love. Oh, I love God. He saved me. He rests. He's so perfect. He's hallowed, right? He's in heaven. He's perfect. But do you love your, your neighbor? It's like, I would like to think I love my neighbor. It's not every day. It's not. And Jesus is saying, like, the two, the two are one. Like, if you love me, love, love your neighbor, right? So we got to be forgivers as we're also asking for, for forgiveness, um, and then the last verse 13 here, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I thought this was funny that Jesus, I'm not making fun of Jesus. I would never do that. But I think it's funny that he prays that because does God lead you into temptation? No, we actually have that verse in first Corinthians 10, 13. It says, God doesn't tempt you. That's not, that's not, or that's James, excuse me. James chapter one says, God doesn't tempt you. He may test you, but he doesn't tempt you. So who leads us into temptation? Hmm? Satan? Keep going. The world? Keep going. Us? That's, that's my favorite one. Yeah. Like, I lead myself into temptation sometimes, right? Um, friends, family, right? Everything, right? But lead us not into temptation, but Lord, we're asking you to, to deliver us from evil. We're asking you to deliver us from evil. So here's, here's what I've learned, okay? And I want to I button all this down just to make it really, really clear and really clean. Um, I learned this from uh, a pastor named Andy Stanley, these three steps that I'm going to give you. These are kind of the three steps. We're going to button it down to three main steps. Step one is that we're going to start off declaring God's greatness. That's your, that's your first. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, right? Declare God's greatness. Here's, here's how that looks for me in prayer. I like to actually think about the things that Scripture says about God in, right, in the Bible. And I start, I start just, I start, am I reminding God? Did God forget? He's like, oh, that's right, I'm, I'm all powerful. Man, thank you, Mark, for reminding me. No, you've never reminded God about anything, right? We covered that last week. He's like, I already know what you need before you ask. So why do we pray? Because us declaring God's greatness is something that we need desperately, right? We need this desperately. So I'm thinking about taking time to praise God. I am thanking God. I am talking kind of to God, kind of to myself in that moment of like, God, you're great. You have all of this together. You're on the throne, right? You are in charge. You are the king of kings. You're the Lord of lords. Right? Do you know what happens when I start declaring God's greatness in that moment? I am no longer anxious about what I am rage praying about. Because I'm talking to the creator of the universe. And as long as we're not heaping up empty praises and like performing in front of other people so that other people think that, oh man, there's such great prayers. This genuine prayer is something that ought to start with God's Greatness being declared. Step two is that we surrender our will. Your kingdom come, your will be done. 
not mine. And we're really good at choosing our, our next steps. And in some ways, you should choose your next. You should be careful and cautious. You should study for tests. That's a way to choose your next steps. That's a way to determine your future. But I got to tell you, there's some ways that you're going to have to surrender your will. Some of, you are, some of you need to go home. You need to go to your room. and You need to shut the door. And you need to pray to God. You say, like, hey, God, are the people that I spend time with, are my friends, are they, like, pushing me towards you or away from you? This relationship that I'm in, God, is this like, is this something that's God honoring or is this really kind of keeping me straying away from you? Focused on a boy, focused on a girl. Right? Are, are these habits in my life, are, are, they, are they good? Are they bad? Wise, unwise? Should I be doing this? They may not be illegal, right? But kind of between the good and the bad, there's the wise and the unwise. Should I be, God, what is your will for my life? And we learn his will through reading his word, right? Through prayer, through Bible teaching, all that kind of stuff. But are you willing to surrender your will? Maybe this is what scares you the most about prayer. Maybe that's the most scary thing about the Christian life. I want you to listen to what I'm saying right now. There's a ton of people out there that call themselves Christians that have no desire to surrender their will. They're interested in going to heaven. They're interested in avoiding hell. And they're interested in having as much pleasure here on earth because God has saved them and so they can sin and live however they want. And they have no desire to surrender their will. If I can just tell you, that is not the picture of the Gospels. That's not the picture of of what I'm teaching. That's quite honestly not the picture of the life that I want to lead. And so if you've ever had this moment where you're like, well, I mean, like, I'm going to heaven and God forgives us so I can kind of do my own thing. No, 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 no. Jesus says, pray then this way. Your kingdom come, your will be done. What does you surrendering your will look like? And then third is acknowledge your dependency. This is just your time to say, hey, God, I need some stuff. Hey, God, I'm struggling. Hey, God, I'm anxious. This is a time for you to ask, right, and, and ask away. But I got to tell you, by the time I get through step one and two, I can tell you Mark is just like, hey, you know what, I've got some things to pray. I do, I do want to make them, right, I, I want to make those prayer requests known, but I know you got me. And if you do step one and two, I would say, like, correctly, then, then we struggle less when Jesus doesn't give us everything that we want. Right? God doesn't answer my prayers. God doesn't do this. God doesn't do that. Why do bad things still happen? You know what? I've done step one and step two, and I'm like, listen, the world isn't perfect, but God's on the throne. So come what may, I'm in. I'm in. I'm going to ask. I'm going to acknowledge my dependence. God, I need you, but, but I, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. That's where I think like the Christian life should start. Okay? I'd like to invite the band up. Uh, this is one of those times that um, that last week we kind of had a, a moment just to um, practice prayer. I'm going to put this over here. And I would like to do that again. I'd like to tweak it a little bit, though. We had a good time with it last, last week. Um, but So if you weren't here last week, here's what we're going to do, right? Um, the band is going to come up and they're going to play lightly. And, um, I'm like, 
I'm tired of, of doing youth group in such a way where, oh, sorry about that, um, uh, where you guys, like, graduate, right? And, and you're like, man, I don't know that I know exactly how to pray. I don't know that I've ever had a chance, right? And I, I, w- I want to give you the chance, kind of like those men gave me the chance back in 2001, <laughs> right? And they spent some time praying with me in, in the balcony of a church, and in that moment, they modeled something for me that I, quite honestly, like, had no idea how to do on my own. Had it not been for them taking that time, you know, I don't, I don't know where I would be. So in just a moment, what's going to happen is, uh, in fact, why don't you go ahead and stand up. And I'm just going to make this space um, kind of at the altar uh, available to you. I'll put this over here, guys. Um, and, um, and they're just going to play lightly. So um, if you want to, this is not me forcing you. You can stay right at your seat if you're not comfortable. But we're going to take a little bit of a step up from last week on prayer. And so we're just going to practice this together again this week. So if you want, now's the time for you to go ahead and come, come forward. And we'll pray together. I'm going to lead you guys in prayer. So it's up to you. Take about a couple seconds. We're going to go through these three steps together. Um, I will guide you. And so if you'll just kind of just by yourself, right? Think of this as a room where there's no one else in here but you. Surely there's time for you to go back home, right? Go to your room, shut the door and pray. Sometimes it happens on the way to school. Sometimes it happens on a walk. Sometimes it happens in church before a meal. This right here is going to be a moment where I'm really going to ask you just to focus just on you and God. So just in the quietness of this moment, we're going to start with that step one. And I just want you to declare God's greatness just in your own, in your own heart. And take a couple minutes here to uh, just pray and declare God's greatness. that you want to offer before God, go ahead and ask.
Father, the picture here is of a group of students that are on their knees, wanting to get to know you more. Some have doubts um, and are even questioning if they're talking to um, a real God or just an invisible idea of a God. Lord, I, I pray that you would show up in a real way in each of our lives individually. I don't ever want us to make the mistake that like our first priority in in our relationship with God is just to tell everyone about everything that you said, Lord. First, we have to experience you personally, and that's what this is. The foundation of our relationship with you is being built in these students' hearts. So, Lord, I pray that they would take this time to, to seriously declare your greatness, to surrender their will, and to acknowledge how much they need you. I pray that this would be something that they can take on their own and and start the, the habit of prayer in their own room at home. God, we submit to you. Lord, as, as the student minister at this campus, Lord, I, I want nothing more than just a group of students wholly devoted to you, just fully abandoned and following after you, running after you, God, and that this community of students would become a tightly knit family that support each other and walk with each other, God. Lord, you know that we lift these students up by name to you each week, and we just want you to do something mighty in their hearts, Lord, some that have experienced your grace and some that haven't yet. Lord, I pray that you would encounter every student in this room, that years down the road, that we could maybe even point to right now, that this was a foundation of a relationship with God for at least one student in this room that some students in this room began to learn how to talk to the God of creation, right? The ancient of days, the one who loves us all and saves us all, that we would submit to you. Lord, we just, we give ourselves to you. Let's be a picture of where our student ministry is going, a group of students submitted to you. In your name we pray.